The Path of Resistance podcast is the podcast for people wanting to learn how living life with intentionality can lead us to living our best lives. In today's world, the norm is to follow the path of least resistance, which leads to mediocrity at best. Instead, you should strive to take the path of resistance, knowing that what's to come is sweeter than what you ever could have imagined. I'm your host, Carly Welty. Join me as I interview guests who have taken the path of resistance in all areas of life and are here to share the beauty that has brought them. On this journey, you can expect to hear stories about finances, faith, business, mindset, and anything in between. Let's dive in. In this episode, I'm talking with Alethea Tyler. She is the founder of Copy with Spice and specializes in copywriting peppered with personality. Whether it's a sales page, website copy, or help with email marketing, she's an expert at blending creative entrepreneurs' fabulous personalities with a strategic scoop of storytelling to help them sell their services and turn their dream clients into real clients. I think you will all enjoy this episode as it is fun, lighthearted, but still has great nuggets to take away. She gives us an insight to her starting her business, and then we go into talking about how she is currently working full-time while also traveling the world. How freaking cool is that? At one point, we talked about her writing fiction books, and as I was editing this episode, it hit me that I have a next best-selling author on my podcast. Alethea is just getting started in her career, so this hasn't happened yet, but I have all the faith in her. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here's today's episode. Hi, Alethea. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. What is an example of a time that you took the path of resistance, which led to a more beautiful result? Well, first, I absolutely adore this question because I love this podcast and I love the idea of resistance. And I so agree with you that resistance is the key to everything magic in life. And so My answer in a a huge way is everything good that I've ever done has been on the path of resistance. But to be more specific, I would say starting my business has definitely been through the path of resistance. And just go even a little bit deeper into that. I feel like although I knew I really wanted to start a business and I was excited about it, there were there's a difference between where you are and where you want to go. And that resistance really came up for me in that in-between space of knowing I wanted to start a business, but being scared and feeling hesitant to go into all the things that would be required to actually do that. So that would be, that would be my answer. I love that you said there's a difference between where you are and where you want to go. That is such a a wise statement. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about your business, how long you've been in business and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I am a copywriter. I specialize specifically in website copy, sales page copy, do some email copywriting and blog writing as well. And I've been in business for a little bit over a year. So this past year was my first full full year. And I learned a lot. My business is copy with spice, but it started off as copy that gets clients. So that was a big rebrand this year as well. And I work with creative entrepreneurs to help nail their messaging and really get their personality across in writing, which is something that so many business owners struggle with, especially when writing about themselves to also sound qualified too is a big thing that we work on 
in terms of making sure their accomplishments show up in their copy because it's hard to brag about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you're the perfect person to help people like bring out their personality because I feel like you have such a big personality yourself and it's such like a nice one, a nice personality. Um, <laughs> and I you. love your name, Copy with Spice. So how did you decide to go into copywriting? So I studied creative writing as my major in college and I've been writing since I could hold a pen and I actually wrote my first book when I was in the fourth grade and it was in a little book club and someone read it and they were like you should be a writer and I was like oh my god I should and ever since then it's just been in my head so I've always been on the writing path I thought for a while I was going to go into publishing and editing in the fiction world but I ended up having a series of people that I met who told me not to do it <laughs> and kind of found myself at the point of graduating in COVID in 2021, not knowing what the hell I wanted to do. And then people kept telling me, you know, the universe will always send you signs <laughs> like copywriting. And so I ended up kind of stumbling upon it and taking a class and really falling in love with so many different aspects of it especially the collaborative piece instead of doing solo writing getting to work with people yeah that's nice because it's ever-changing and always different so that's fun exactly it's funny because I had a a question later that I wanted to ask you and it's since you write bomb copy do you think you'd be good at writing books so you <laughs> kind of already answered that you did write a book did you get it actually published what's the story behind that yeah, so I've actually, I've written a few books and I've self-published a few, not available anymore, but I did in high school, I wrote three and then I wrote a book for my senior thesis in college. I don't know if they're, they're good. I can't speak to that side of things. <laughs> I'd say poured my heart and soul into them. And I would say that, like, I love creative writing in, especially also in the fiction world, but it's been really cool to learn so much about copywriting because I absolutely think that it would it will be beneficial to me as a creative fiction writer I plan to continue doing fiction writing too in the future so I think they actually go hand in hand I never would have thought learning about marketing and business strategy would be something that would help fiction writing but boy was <laughs> very mistaken so hopefully long answer. Yes, I should be able to write a bomb book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to read your future books. And then you said none of your past books are available. No. Oh my gosh. No. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote them in high school and I was, a, I have the tendency to write on very dark subject matter. They were very angsty teen books so I've retired them for the meantime until I can give them a little refresh. But yeah, that's kind of why <laughs> <laughs> well, I've matured. I'm excited to see your work in the future. And I'll definitely be reading those because fiction is one of my favorite genres. Okay, a little bit about copy. I have a few questions. Before I started my business, well, actually, when I started, I was seeing these phrases thrown around copy, and I'm like, what the heck is this? So can you kind of already explained what it is, writing on your website and all that stuff, but how does it help having professional copy? What does that do for your business? Totally. Yeah. So to first answer the question of like, what is copy? Because I think that that's something 
everyone asks unless you're in the world for a while and know what it is I definitely had no idea what it was when I first heard of it I thought it had to do with like trademark and like copyright law which snooze boring sorry (laughs) to any to any legal people out there but that was not what I had in mind for myself um and so the copy is is writing that is to inspire action and that action could be to buy something it could be to sign up for someone's newsletter it could be to drop a comment in the dms it's usually referred to in the marketing world for writing that is selling something in terms of what it can do for your business i mean it's like what can it not do (laughs) it can do everything but professional or I would even venture away from saying professional copywriting. I I absolutely think that you can DIY your own copy, but I would say clear copywriting, effective copywriting is copywriting that not only shows like your personality and gets across why you're likable, which is a huge part of selling, but also touches on what your audience actually wants. And so when you can connect those two pieces, it's really easy to write something that people want to read and therefore want to buy into your brand, your community, whatever you're selling. So it has the power to sell, but it also really is what helps you build a community. And it's what like you and you're not showing up all the time live, you know, so your copy is there doing the talking for you and making sure that it's polished and represents you and the way that you want to come across is kind of the magic of it. There's actually a great recent example from your Instagram about your brand photographer that you hired. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you chose her? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally. I was scrolling through Instagram trying to find a brand photographer and there are so many incredibly talented people on there. And it's hard when you're looking at all those photos to know like, okay, who do I pick, you know, because they're all good photos. And I ended up on her website and it was just, she had the personality. She touched on all of the things that I was nervous about. It was like making you comfortable behind the camera. And she's like talking about someone passing her a shot while she, you know, just like this fun party vibe. And as someone who doesn't like having their photo taken, that for me was like, oh, okay, she's going to be able to help me feel really comfortable. And I'm going to be able to click with this person, which is equally as important to me as having good photos. So that, yeah, that was, that was huge for me in choosing her. Yeah. And definitely it kind of goes hand in hand, like clicking with people leads to good photos, because if you're just awkward, it's <laughs> the pictures might turn out awkward, no matter how great exactly. the photographer, how good their equipment is or their strategies, it has to have that personality in there too. Exactly. Yes, precisely. And then I think on your Instagram, you talked about telling her why you chose her. And she said that she had gotten a huge response in the last month since she updated her copy. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. She had, I think I want to say she had used some templates from a copywriter and she had said since she had done it she had seen a huge increase in inquiries as well as people reaching out and saying like they just felt like they connected with her and 
So that's also like a real, real time story of why coffee works. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a great example to bring in because it's so one recent and two relevant. So that's cool. Okay. Another thing that I've seen on your Instagram, you sometimes have like cool stats. <laughs> the most recent, I think post that I saw of yours was a stat. So do you have any fun copyright stats for us? Yeah. So I, the one that was recent is always a a stat that blows my mind, but it's 75% of people judge a business business's credibility off of their website. And I think I also want to be careful in delivering that because it's certainly never to shame anybody or make anyone feel weird about their website. It's way more about the potential and the power that your website has. Because I know some people feel like you know, nervous about their website. So if you're out there listening, then it's not to make you feel bad. It's to know that it can be this awesome tool to help you establish trust with your audience and build your credibility. But also another stat that always, and these are website specific and two to add on, <laughs> it's not just website copy. Although I'd love to say website copy is like the end all be all design and photography are also going to be wildly important factors in your overall website. But Another website stat is 46% of people will leave a website if it's not obvious right away what the business offers, which is crazy and has to do with your above the fold statement, which is that first statement you read when you land on someone's website that basically tells you like, I do X for Y people. So mm -hmm. like I do copywriting services for creative entrepreneurs. So they know right away that they're in the right space. Of course, you want to make that as fun as possible. But that first statement you read is really important. And that I think the stats vary a little bit on this one. When they're being really generous, they say someone needs to like, they'll click off within eight seconds. And when they're being not very generous, they'll say under one second, you have to capture someone's attention when they land on your website, which is crazy and also believable <clears throat> given like our attention span with modern media, I think. But those are some wild facts. <laughs> that is crazy. One second. You better have that yeah. attention grabber on there. Yeah. Which, that's a good point because you were the person that helped me realize I needed that statement. What did you call it? Yeah, the above the fold statement. Above the fold statement. Yeah. And so you helped me. Yeah, um, that's right. That. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, Great cool. times. Okay, well, we've talked a lot about copy, which I love that topic, but you are doing something super exciting that I want to talk about, which is traveling the freaking world while you're working, having this full-time business, or would you call it full-time? I don't know. Maybe it's not. How do you juggle traveling and also working? Yeah, the, the best question ever. And one that I don't know that I can expertly answer because my answer is, I have had many a challenge, <laughs> you know, I'm learning. So I've been on the road for three months or this is going into my fourth month. I was touring around, like road tripping around the US on the East Coast for a while. And we were kind of hopping from like Airbnb. We've been doing house sits, staying with friends. And then I'm now in London. We're recording this in London, which is so, so fun. Well, what time is it there? It's 4 19 p.m. Okay. So that's this so is not too time. much. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not too bad. But I'm here for a month. I'm here by myself. And then I'm thinking, I'm crossing my fingers, wanting to go to Portugal next for a little. So, anyway, 
Uh, with work and traveling, it's been really interesting. The things that have come up that I didn't expect to be a challenge and that, of course, were expected. One of which is just the sheer amount of flexibility that's required. <laughs> I'm not the world's most flexible person. I can be pretty particular about what I want to do and when I want to do it. So, I mean, traveling is like, it doesn't care. Traveling does not care. Like the airplane, the flight could change. The weather could change. The, we've had Airbnbs that didn't work out that we had to switch from. And you're thinking you have this whole day planned and you're going to be doing your work. And then it just doesn't happen. So, and being in London too, the sun sets here really early at like 3.50 and I want to go see things. So the other day I was like, all right, I'm just going to take the afternoon and restructure things. And I went out for a few hours in the middle of the day, which sometimes I can be particular about being stubborn to my schedule. <laughs> so that for me was being flexible, but I would say the flexibility is really, really key to adapting to where you are, the people you're around and your schedule with your, with your clients. And that's such a gift when it comes to having your own business is getting to set your own hours, getting to set what projects you take that kind of good stuff. The ability to drop in and out of projects and go explore and then come back or work late at night or it's like such an incredible gift. And I feel lucky every single day to have my own business and to be able to do this because I don't, I don't, I couldn't imagine not having my own business and having other people's rules to follow. <laughs> Yeah. And the question, whenever I asked you, how do you balance it? There was something I re I keep going back to Instagram, but that's basically where you and I communicate the most. Probably. I remember you're like, I don't know what it was. It's like, let me tell you how I keep it yeah. all together. And then the next slide you're like, I don't. <laughs> and I was like expecting to move the slide and be like, okay, I need to know her secret. <laughs> the gems of wisdom. Yeah, no, so I think, and I think that's kind of the wisdom is that would be at least the wisdom I would impart to others is don't expect to keep it together. Like it is a juggle. And everyone that I've talked to who also does kind of the digital nomad lifestyle, like it takes, it, there's a certain confusion around it that doesn't go away. And when you accept that, it's, it, then it, it feels okay. When you're expecting like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do X things and then I'm going to be done. That doesn't seem to be the way it goes when you're traveling. When you're in one place for longer, it definitely helps. Like being here for a month, things already feel so much easier than when I was moving every few days. But I would say once I stopped like trying to force it to go the way I wanted it to and just was like, all right, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Then it was like, I started to enjoy myself a lot more. Yeah, that's important. I wanted to talk about how you said the sun set at 3.50 p.m. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so early. So what time does it rise? It rises, I think, at 7.50. Wow, you have, like, no daylight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fast. It's short, for sure. Yeah, here I'm in New Mexico, and it sets at 5.15, and I've been sad about it. <laughs> So now I'm like, well, we yep. you know, there's an hour extra there. That's crazy. So you said you kind of flex your schedule. Another question I had for you was, do you have like a structured work time that you're like, these are the hours I work. And that way you can make sure to get all your work done while you're traveling. Or how does that work? 
Yeah. So I'd say that my schedule is relatively flexible. I usually like if I have a travel day and this was more for when I was road tripping around and we'd have like an hour drive to the next stop or a three hour drive. I never plan anything on a travel day because I swear to God, anytime you do, you're taunting, you're taunting the universe. You're asking for something crazy to happen. So that's, that's a hard rule that I've learned like any day, even if I'm just moving locations and I think it's going to take a few minutes, it doesn't. So I never do things on travel days and anything that gets done, that's a bonus. (laughs) But in terms of other things, I would say like, I pretty much am working somewhat normal hours, but I also like it, it kind of, it's, there's not a set schedule as I'm saying it. No, there's not. Because sometimes I work a little bit on the weekends if the hours make more sense. And especially with really busy tourist areas, I've noticed that it makes more sense for me to go out and do things on the weekdays when other people are not doing the things and then work on the weekends instead. Plus with the time change, I noticed that I end up working a lot later to be on the same schedule as everyone who's in the States. So it's been... It's been all over the place, really. But I usually am working through, like, I'm usually around on the weekdays. (laughs) So, yeah, that's another question I had is communicating with your customers. How do you, well, I don't know, how often do you have to communicate with your customers and how do you do it with the time change? Yeah, great question. So my process involves um, only a few meetings with clients from the point of inquiring, we have a discovery call and then we have a kickoff call and we have a review call, which isn't a crazy amount of meetings. And I've noticed the time change has been pretty okay. I also have some international clients. Like right now I have a client who lives in New Zealand and another one who lives in Japan. So we've already been working on some funky hours and you just have to open your schedule up a little bit later and earlier to make sure everyone is not, you know, getting out of bed in the middle of the night because there's no, there's no need for that. (laughs) Um, But I would say with communication, I actually recently just updated my welcome handbook that I send my clients to say, I work weird hours, I never expect you to respond outside of your normal hours. So it's, it's really, it's pretty flexible too there with me responding when I have the opportunity to. And my clients are awesome. They're amazing. And it's I haven't had any issues. But letting them know, of course, beforehand, like I'm going to be in this country and the time change will be different. Let me know if I need to open up a different time for you. Let just be mindful of when you're emailing me, it might take me a little bit to respond. Just really, yeah, being open and telling them what's going on on my end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, setting the expectation, I think, is probably the the thing that helps you get that in line. So cool. I want to talk about what is the coolest thing you've done in London so far? <laughs> oh, great question. I would say so I've, I went recently. I'm actually, I should have sent my newsletter out already, but I'm working on it still today. It's going out today, um, which you should subscribe to if you aren't already. But I went and it's been funny being here and like trying to hide the tourist in me. That's kind of what the newsletter is about. Um, And so I've been like hesitant to be an obvious tourist. And then the other day I had a canceled meeting. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to Big Ben. I'm going to see the clock. I want to see like 
I want to see it all. And it was awesome. I went and saw the Palace of Westminster, um, like Westminster Abbey, it, and just these incredible historic buildings that you've seen in movies, you've seen in TV shows, you, you think of when you think of London. And so it was so fun to be there with all of the other people too just like gawking at everything <laughs> in absolute admiration um so I wouldn't I don't feel like I've hit the coolest thing I've done yet but that would be the highlight so far nice I like that you're saying that the coolest thing is still yet to come <laughs> yeah because I feel like it's not gonna be the tourist spot although that was amazing I feel like it'll be some some secret thing that I have yet to uncover <laughs> yeah I love going on adventures whenever I travel and like I, I like to see historical stuff but my husband and I went to Ireland for our honeymoon and my favorite thing ever was this five mile hike on a cliff and it was like 400 foot drop it was beautiful it was amazing so activities outdoor stuff I don't know if you're the same way but I love that yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And I love, love, love eating. Obviously like my whole brand is <laughs> yes. focused on food and flavor, but eating is like my greatest love language. And I have not had the chance to really go out and eat as much as I want. So I feel like that will be a guaranteed highlight by the end of my stay. Yes. I love eating out whenever I'm vacationing and yeah. Like- those people, sorry if this is you listeners, but those people that like travel and then they're like, I want to go to Olive Garden. And I'm like, you need to experience the culture of where you are. See, that's what happened to me the other day. I was starving and my I had a whole phone fiasco and I had to go get it fixed. So I didn't have my phone on me. Plus it wasn't working anyway. So I couldn't like, I couldn't leave the area that I knew. And I ended up the only restaurant that I've gone to in the past like the first few days that I was here was a five guys. Oh no. Like what on earth? Cause I wasn't sure if my payment was going to go through and like just a million other things. So I was like, I'm just going to go easy. I'm going to go to somewhere I know, but that is, I completely agree. Like that is not my style. I'm an adventurous eater and I'm happy to try all the local things that weird tasteless fun or whatever they are and I I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet so that's a pet peeve of mine as well (laughs) you are the people we're talking about (laughs) I know and I I don't like myself for it (laughs) you said before we started recording you were telling me that you were pet sitting so can you tell us a little bit about that because that's a big part of how you're able to do this right yes yeah so I I'm a huge huge animal freak like I always have been ever since I was a little kid and it drove my mom actually crazy but (laughs) I've always had like I used to have grasshoppers and snails and I've had rats (laughs) and fish and like everything so pet sitting has always been something that I've done I've rovered a lot like when I was living in San Diego we had at one point like I think we had seven dogs in total come stay with us which was an interesting experience but like I'm always doing the pet sitting thing so someone told me I told them I was planning on doing this traveling thing and they told me about trusted house sitters and it's this platform where you have a bunch of people who list their houses and their pets for sitting and the house sitters and pet sitters apply so you kind of it's like I just got 
a little bit lucky with this London set because we've been applying to many different sets. We stayed in one in Providence. We stayed in one in upstate New York. Um, and it's like a free exchange. So you sit for free, but you also don't have to pay for lodging. So I applied to this London sit thinking like, there's no chance in hell that I get this because it can be really competitive. Like some places will go up and within an hour, there are four applicants and these applicants have a lot of experience. And even though I'm saying I have experience, it's not as much as these other people. So London was a shock, but I got really lucky. And it's this wonderful older lady named Jenny and her two cats here in London. So I got lucky with a pet sit for a month in London. That is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt lucky. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask a question to wrap this up. So what's a book or resource that has really helped you in your business or life? We also talked about fiction, so you can give a fiction recommendation if you want, but something that you want to recommend to others. Oh, okay. Uh, can I cheat and say two? Of course. <laughs> can I say a fiction and a book? <laughs> yes. Business. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, business wise, I feel like everyone has already read this. Like, if you haven't read Building a Story Brand, then you should definitely read it. But on the in the story brand in the storytelling world of business stuff, I would really recommend the Storyteller's Secret, and it's by Carmen. Uh, G-A-L-L-O. I don't know how you say that. It's either Gallo, Gayo, <laughs> I don't know. But it's not an Indian romance because there's another book that often people get confused with. So he wrote Talk Like Ted. And it's a great book about the different ways to tell stories. But he's also telling stories about great storytellers like Oprah or Adam Levine or like all of these random and incredibly famous people who have had a lot of success through telling stories about their own brands and their own people. And it's like a a really easy way to learn how to tell good stories, but it's also just really, really moving. Like every chapter, it's the, every chapter is only a few pages, but it's amazing. Really highly recommend. And then for fiction, yeah, you said it's so good. For fiction, I would... I have to say my favorite book of all time, which is 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's definitely a long read if you haven't read it, but it's one of my favorites. Okay. Haven't heard of that one either. So I definitely need to put both of those on my list. It's very good. Okay. So I want to wrap up by asking where can people find you? And then I'll link all that in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, totally. The easiest way to find me is on Instagram because Instagram has everything. It's got my link to my website and you can subscribe to my newsletter. I have some awesome freebies as well for how to write your about page or other ways to spice up your website. And then there's just a lot of fun content on Instagram as, (laughs) as you've shared in this recording. I feel like Instagram is kind of the place where I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall and it seems to be sticking. So (laughs) yeah, it's definitely stuck for me. I like all of your content. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Alethea is such a fun and brilliant person. I hope you had great takeaways today. Here's what I got. 
Number one, Alethea says, quote, there's a difference between where you are and where you want to go. And that resistance really came up for me in that in-between space of knowing I wanted to start a business, but being scared and feeling hesitant to go into all the things that is required to actually do that, end quote. What a wise statement. If you feel this way, I just want you to know you are not alone and to keep pushing through that resistance. You'll get there. Maybe listen to a few more episodes to help you. (laughs) Number two, Alethea gave the best definition I have ever heard of copy before. Copywriting is writing to inspire action. So if you are wondering what the heck copywriting is, now you know. Number three, clear and effective copywriting in your brand messaging, whether that is on your website, your blog, your social media, That's something that can show your audience, your personality, and also address the needs of your audience. When those two things connect, it brings the result of something your audience wants to read and therefore want to buy your business's products or services. Not only does clear copy have the power to sell, but it has the power to help you build your community. Number four, Alethea is a great example of you can do anything you put your mind to. Traveling while building a business full-time does not seem easy, but she's someone who does it with grace and flair. If you have an idea in mind that you think is crazy, maybe look around for the evidence that it is possible. Number five is just me reiterating what books Alethea suggested. So the first one is The Storyteller's Secret by Carmine Gallo as a business book, and the other one is Fiction, and it's called 100 Years of Solitude by Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. Those are the main takeaways from this episode. If you own a business and need help with your copy or messaging, please go check out Alethea on Instagram. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please take a quick sec to rate and review the show. It would mean the world to me. On that note, I want to read a quick review from Tara. She says, great podcast, such a good listen, full of great wisdom. Thank you for your kind words, Tara. As this episode is airing mid-December, I hope everyone enjoys their holiday season. The Path of Resistance podcast will be taking a short break to focus on celebrating this time of the year. The next episode will air in January of 2023. Have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you next year.